0: Sermon text for today is out of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. Mark 10, 46. And they came to Jericho, and he was at and as he was leaving, Jericho with his disciples, and a great crowd. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. And said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately, he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. In 1994, a movie that would become a great icon of American cinema first came out. Forrest Gump was the story of an unassuming man from the the fictional town of Greenbowl. Alabama. The movie explores themes that impacted American culture in the second half of the 20th century, especially Southern culture, from the challenges of the Vietnam War to the joys of college football. As the story unfolds, the audience is given a glimpse of American exceptionalism through the experiences of a simple men. Gump was an ordinary man with a low IQ that lived an extraordinary life. And this is what is so inviting about this movie. The message of Forrest Gump is that the extraordinary American culture is built on the ordinary lives of the ordinary men. There are incredible parallels with our story for today. Throughout the gospel of Mark, Jesus has met extraordinary people, rulers, religious leaders, the rich, the powerful. And yet, his followers seem to fit none of these categories and today we're going to meet an unexpected model disciple his power was in his weakness his virtue was in a, in his inability to care or help himself his hope came from a cry a cry for help a cry for mercy his name was Bartimaeus, and Mark highlights him as a model for us all because for Jesus, dependence is at the heart of discipleship. We read this in 1 Corinthians 1.27 where Paul says, But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. That's you and I. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring not to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. We've come to another transition in the Gospel of Mark again. And it is at points like this that we really see most clearly the genius of Mark. Remember that chapters 1 through 8, we were exploring the question, Who then is this? Who is Christ? And halfway through chapter 8, we meet a blind man. We don't know his name, but what is particular particular about his story is that Jesus healed that man in two stages. He heals him at first, but he sees man standing like trees. And then Jesus heals him again, and then he is able to see plainly. This was symbolic of how the disciples would come to understand who Christ is. Their understanding of Christ would be be gradual in stages. And the healing of that blind man ended the first section of the Gospel of Mark. Following that event, the question lingered. Who then is this? But Peter says, Peter answers, you are the Christ. Peter is right. Jesus is the Christ. But his understanding was murky. For him, the Christ would gain victory through political, military might. For him, the Christ came to set them free from Rome. But Jesus' purpose was different. Jesus came to die. Jesus came to take on the cross, and if anyone would desire to be a disciple of Christ, he would need to take up their own crosses and follow Christ. So in this section, between the healing of the first blind man and the healing of Bartimaeus, Jesus has been teaching his disciples the cost of discipleship. So today we look at Bartimaeus and we find in him a paradigm of faithfulness. A paradigm that we have found not thus far in the disciples. A paradigm that we have found not thus far in rich powerful men and women. We find in Bartimaeus a model for you and I to follow if we would choose to follow after Christ. If we want to be a true disciple of Christ, we must look to this blind beggar on the side of the road. So today, as we consider Bartimaeus' story, three movements will guide us. First, we'll see a movement from destitution to dignity. Then we'll see a movement from inhibited to included. And then finally, we'll see a movement from sinful to saved. So let's consider first Bartimaeus' movement from destitute to dignified. Jesus and his disciples have been on this journey south for a couple of chapters now. Peter declared Jesus to be the Christ in Caesarea Philippi, as far north, as far removed from Jerusalem as you can get. But now they're headed towards Jerusalem, and Jericho was their last stop. You know the city of Jericho. Because it is the same city that Joshua first conquered after he led Israel to cross the promise, or to cross the river Jordan. But this Jericho was nothing like the Jericho of the times of Joshua. The Romans had invested heavily on this city with infrastructure and aqueducts. So Jericho was a thriving city, sitting on the crossroads of great trade and commerce. During this visit, Jesus met a man named Zacchaeus. For some reason, Mark omits this information from his gospel, but strangely or unexpectedly, There are incredible parallels between Zacchaeus and Bartimaeus. They both had physical challenges that kept them from seeing Jesus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and Bartimaeus was blind. Both of them desired to see Jesus. Both of them were ostracized by society, and yet Both of them came to know Jesus personally. Both of them heard from Jesus, your faith has made you well. We meet Bartimaeus as Jesus leaves the city, along with his disciples and a great crowd. Perhaps Mark chooses to highlight Bartimaeus over Zacchaeus because Mark wanted us to see the paradigm of discipleship, how it comes not from what one has to offer, but from what one needs and has to ask for. We meet Bartimaeus as Jesus leaves the city along with his Disciples and a great crowd as Jesus is charging Jerusalem. He has an entourage coming along with him. This group was likely a mix of those who were trusting in Christ and those who were not. We know that at least one of the disciples were not, was not trusting in Christ. And they find this man who is destitute. It was very common for the destitute to be outside of the walls of the city. It was common for those who were removed from the covenant to be found outside of the camp, outside of the city. We see that often in the books of the law, that those who were for some reason ceremonially unclean, would need to stand outside. So this had become such a societal practice that not only those who were unclean, but those who were undesired or undesirable also stood outside of the city. The city is a better place for a blind person because a blind person depends on the alms, on the generosity of others. But Bartimaeus was not in the city. He was outside of the city. Destitution is when someone lacks the the basic necessities for a dignified life. Destitution is offensive to the heart of God because God created man to reflect his image and Bartimaeus, in his current condition, was not reflecting dignity. Bartimaeus' destitution is made evident by, first, his description. He is a beggar. A blind beggar, Uh, work is a form of dignity, especially for men. We find our purpose in working with our hands, in leaving the house, and getting tired, and coming back, having done something with ourselves. God works, so we reflect God by working. But Bartimaeus could not work. He couldn't provide for himself, so he had to depend on the generosity of others. Bartimaeus' destitution is also made evident by his location. He's outside the city. There's a telling of his social status. Those who were unclean, those who were covenant breakers, were put outside the city. So Bartimaeus, though through no no fault of his own, found himself Disconnected from the people, disconnected from the covenant community. But he's also uh, his destitution is also made evident by his activity. He is sitting. The there is a verb, one verb here that refers to Bartimaeus' activity in verse forty-six. Perhaps the verb would be better translated as. He habitually sat. That was his practice. There was the totality of his life. He was by the side of the road, begging and sitting. The road is for people who have purpose in life. The road is for people who are going places. The the road is for people who have a dream to chase the side of the road is for the idol. But in Christ, there is always hope that those who are on the side of the road will eventually find themselves on the way. Notice that Mark here hints at this deep sense of dignity in Bartimaeus in spite of what we see in the picture. Bartimaeus is the only person healed by Jesus whose name we know. That's a sign of dignity, isn't it? Not only do we know his name, we know his father's name. Now, that's probably because that's what his name means. Bartimaeus means the son of Timaeus. But we know so much about this man. It's, probab- the, it's prob- the, the, the reason why we know Bartimaeus' name is probably because Bartimaeus' transformation was so significant that he became well-known in Christian communities. So as Mark is writing his gospel, he is referring to this person that is known. This was Bartimaeus, who was a blind beggar, but who is now a witness of the mercy of Christ. Contrast this with the rich man that we met a few weeks ago. What was his name? We don't know. The history books do not tell us who he was. And yet, the blind Bartimaeus. His name is associated with the mercy of Christ for eternity future. What great dignity Bartimaeus receives here Bartimaeus' healing is also the last recorded healing in the Gospel of Mark. This is significant. It's like Jesus is finishing this incredible ministry that he has exercised for now years. And the last person that receives his healing touch is a blind beggar on the side of the road. There's a sense in which Bartimaeus' healing is the culmination of all of the healings in the Gospel of Mark. They were all pointing forward to this great healing of a man who could not see, but now is able to see. So we meet Bartimaeus in a completely unfavorable condition, but Bartimaeus is given a chance. He's given a shot at dignity, and he ceases the opportunity. mill's hope for dignity came from the fact that Jesus cares about the destitute. One time Jesus stood at a synagogue. He opened up the Bible, the scroll to the prophet Isaiah, and this is how he described his ministry. Luke 4, 18-19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news, not to the rich, not to the powerful, but to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. You see, Bartimaeus met Jesus in his purpose. Why did Jesus come? To meet men like Bartimaeus and give them Dignity, where they had known none, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What the world views as dignity, rich, wealth, power, prestige, is not necessarily what Jesus views as dignity. The world sees the outside but Jesus sees the heart, and Jesus saw the heart of Bartimaeus, and he loved him. Jesus welcomes the poor, the broken, the need, the needy, and so should we. But the path of dignity for Bartimaeus did not come without hindrances. So let's consider now the movement of Bartimaeus from inhibited to included. As Jesus went by on the road, somehow Bartimaeus heard. He heard that it was Jesus. He had to have heard because he could not have seen. Clearly, the knowledge of who Jesus was was all over the region. People were talking, they were talking about his teaching, his power, his authority. His miracles. Certainly, Bartimaeus had heard of his power even to heal the blind. But how did he hear? Perhaps he overheard comments. Jesus is coming through. Perhaps someone told me it was Jesus. So, well, here is Bartimaeus' great hope. Jesus is coming through. And faith comes by hearing. So Bartimaeus has heard of Jesus. So Bartimaeus does the only thing he could do. He begins to cry out. This is his chance. This is his opportunity. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. And how does he refer to Jesus? He cries out, Jesus, son of David. Now, if you've been following the series of Mark closely, you will understand how impressive, perhaps even shocking, it is that a blind man on the side of the road would declare such truth of Jesus. The disciples, the scribes, the Pharisees, all have struggled to understand who Jesus is. Just a few verses earlier, the rich man refers to Jesus as good teacher and is rebuked for doing that. But Bartimaeus declares Jesus to be the son of David. We haven't heard this thus far in the Gospel of Mark. This declaration is unique to Bartimaeus. So this is not something that people are declaring Jesus to be widely. But Bartimaeus knew his Bible. He knew that God had promised David a son who would sit on his throne forever. Bartimaeus understood that if he ever had a shot at mercy, it would be by recognizing Jesus for he truly, for who he truly is is. Moments of deep desperation require deep truths. And Bartimaeus understood that his hope for dignity rested on the truth that Jesus is Lord. The worst thing that we can do when we meet someone in need is to water down the gospel. The worst thing that we can do when we meet someone in need is to give them a caricature of who Jesus is. Bartimaeus does not buy into that. Bartimaeus thought, if Jesus is Lord, I have hope. If Jesus is in control, I have hope. You you see, Bartimaeus did not view his Status as something that somehow was beyond God's control, beyond God's sovereignty. But he understood, he understood that if Jesus is all powerful, there is hope for his condition. So what does he ask for? He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, the word mercy is interesting. The word mercy really means, right, that one has a heart who feels. A heart who identifies with misery. A heart who identifies with the misery of others. Identifying with the troubles and the hardships of others is a difficult thing to do, isn't it? It's hard for the senior adults to understand the challenges of the college students. And it is hard for the college students to understand the challenges of the senior adults. It is hard for the boss to understand the challenges of the employee. And it is also hard for the employee to understand the challenges of the boss, the business owner. It's hard for parents to understand how difficult it is to be a child today. And it's hard for children to understand what it's like to be a parent. We struggle to enter one another's experiences. We struggle to understand one another very often. But that is not true of Jesus. Jesus always understood the struggles of others. I mean, being blind today is hard. It's a great challenge and a great difficulty. But think about being blind in the times of Jesus. You have only natural light for a few hours of the day. It gets dark early. And blind people very often can see shapes and and shades, but not in the dark. And you're not aided by proper magnifying glasses or proper lighting. Not only that, the advancements of of modern medicine, right? So vision can be corrected, right? But if your vision started deteriorating early in the times of Jesus, you were going to be blind. Not only that, one of the reasons why Bartimaeus is outside of the city is because not understanding the medical background of blindness, very often blind people were thought to be possessed by demons. And, and, and their condition was a spiritual condition that was brought about on them because of their sin. So imagine what it's like to be Bartimaeus. And then imagine meeting someone who completely understands you, crying out to him and saying, Lord, identify with my misery. But the path, the path, Bartimaeus' path to the truth of Christ did not come without hindrances. The irony is that Bartimaeus, who was blind, saw Jesus clearly, but the crowd who was able to see is actually blind. To the truth. So what did they do? They rebuked Bartimaeus for calling on Jesus. Well, this has been a pattern in this section, hasn't it? When the little children tried to come to Jesus, those who were following Jesus rebuked them. When a man was successfully casting out demons in the name of Jesus, they rebuked him. So now when a man is crying out to Jesus for mercy, they rebuke him. So who is the blind? Mark, 18, Mark 8, verses 17 and 18, Jesus says to his disciples, Do you yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes do you not see? Do you see who the real blind person is here? Spiritual blindness is a real thing, even among the the disciples of Christ? Absolutely. We often have our preconceived notions of who is eligible to be a Christian, and we can hardly break from this idea sometimes. In our minds, Christians look a certain way, sound a certain way, dress a certain way. In our minds, Christians must fit a mold we ourselves built. And this mold is either after our image or after the image of those whom we wish we were. And in doing so, instead of vessels of gospel hope, we become vessels of dishonor. Instead of pointing others to Christ, we point others to hopelessness. At the heart of the crowd that were trying to keep Bartimaeus from coming to Jesus and It was their sin who undergirded this desire. And what sin was this? Pride. He is not dignified. He's not like us. He won't make us better. We are better than he is. If he joins us, he will decrease our value. He will decrease our worth. Could possibly The hindrances to follow Christ come from the disciples of Christ themselves. And the answer is yes. Could the church sometimes be judgmental towards those to whom Jesus desires to show mercy? And the answer is yes. So if this is the case, it would be good for us to examine our hearts. Do you sometimes think that Christians are those who look a certain way, sound a certain way, and present themselves a certain way? Do you sometimes show favoritism to a person because of their appearance or because of their social economic status? Do you gravitate towards others who are most like you to the exclusion of others who are not so? Do you ever think in your heart that some people should not be welcomed among us? If Bartimaeus, a blind beggar who calls the streets his home, were to walk into our building right now, would we rejoice with him or would, would we be suspicious of him? Friends, we're called to give dignity to those who need it. Why? Because we need dignity, and the dignity that we have today has been given to us. We have not accomplished it. We're called to give dignity and not act like the proud and boastful crowd. This is why every first and third and fifth Monday of every month, we have a food pantry in our church. Because we want to add dignity to the society among us. This is why we're fostering a deeper partnership with One More Child and Nana's House. So that we can add to the dignity of the community around us. This is why we're going to host a mobile dental unity uh, unit in our campus in, in July. So that we can serve those who need dignity among us. And instead of harboring judgment in our minds and hearts, we should ask, how can we help? How can we add to the dignity of those around us? Why? Because we could be welcoming Bartimaeus among us. And Jesus wants us to add to his dignity. These are great opportunities for you as an individual to show mercy to Christ. So if you want to know more about the the mission, dignity, the ministries of dignity in our church, talk to me after the church, the service. You you can talk to Sherry. She'll be glad to tell you more about how you can help and serve. Talk to Brendan. Brendan, our deacon, would be glad to tell you more. Friends, the opportunities abound for us to show mercy to those around us. But the attempts from the crowd to keep Bartimaeus from Jesus were frustrated. Why? Because the more they tried to hush him, the more he cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus heard his cry. So Bartimaeus moves from sinful to saved. Notice that Jesus, notice what Jesus does here in verse 49, he stops. Jesus is always on the go, but he stops. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's about to accomplish the greatest feat ever accomplished. He's about to go die on the cross, and yet he stops. He stops for a blind beggar crying out on the side of the road. Although throughout the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is resolute, he is never found in a hurry. Although Jesus is always moving with purpose, Jesus is never found to be too busy for people. People were never a distraction for Jesus because for Jesus, people were at the heart of his purpose. He says in Luke, in the story of Zacchaeus 19, verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's why Jesus came. So he came for Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus was certainly lost. Bartimaeus called on Jesus, but more importantly, Jesus called on Bartimaeus. It's quite ironic that the people here change their tune, don't they? They at first rebuke Bartimaeus, but if, as soon as they notice that Jesus took interest on Bartimaeus, they said, take heart. Cheer up or get up. He is calling you. So suddenly they saw value in Bartimaeus. Why? Because Jesus saw value in Bartimaeus. It's almost like the story of Cinderella, isn't it? Her stepsisters were so wicked and proud. They thought of themselves as beautiful and desirable. But the prince took no interest in them. The prince was charmed by the one they looked upon with disdain. And Jesus was charmed by Bartimaeus. And so Jesus directs his attention towards Bartimaeus and asks him, What do you want me to do for you? It's interesting that John and James received the same answer from Jesus in our passage from last week. Remember, they asked Jesus, would you, uh, uh, would you do anything we ask? Right? And Jesus says, What do you want me to do for you? The same, the same phrase. But Jesus didn't grant James and John their request. Why? Because James and John wanted glory, while Barty Mills simply wanted mercy. And Jesus never turns away or turns a deaf ear. Towards a plea for mercy. So Jesus says. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus isn't it obvious? He is blind. He needs to see. Why do you need to ask this question of him? Jesus. And the answer is that Jesus. Didn't want to simply heal Bartimaeus. But he wanted to know him. People are never a project for Jesus. Jesus wants to know people. There's nothing more important than know God, we know what Paul says in Galatians, rather than to be known by God. And Jesus wanted to know Bartimaeus. Knowing Christ is the more important thing For us, it's more important than health, wealth, and prosperity. Knowing Christ is the greatest benefit of Christianity. So if you have come to know Christ, you have received the essence of Christianity, you need nothing beyond that. Knowing Christ is our goal in life. And the reason why Bartimaeus came to know Christ was because of his weakness, of his brokenness, and his dependence on the mercy of Christ. You know, if Bartimaeus was a busy man in the city... Just going about his business, accomplishing his own purposes, building his own kingdom. He might have never come to know Jesus. But because of his misery, he came to know Jesus. So friend, if your weakness drives you to the feet of Jesus, learn to love your weakness. Perhaps you are physically blind. You are not physically blind, but your financial situation causes you to have a deep need for the grace of God. Perhaps your job, your co-workers, your boss cause you to depend on Jesus. Perhaps your marriage is particularly difficult. Perhaps your children or your other relatives. Whatever the circumstance in life that causes you to be in need of mercy. Love the circumstance because these circumstances will cast you on Jesus. Friend, if the affliction that you have in life is... Causes you to long for Jesus. Your afflictions are a demonstration of the love of Christ for you. Persevere in prayer. Keep on calling on the name of the Lord. And cry out for mercy. So Bartimaeus very simply says to Jesus, Rabbi, by the way, this is the most honoring term that one could speak to a teacher. This is a special term that he's using for the word rabbi. So he says, most honorable rabbi, let me recover my sight. And that was enough. That was enough to move the heart of Jesus. Now Jesus' response is surprising. He says, go your way. Your faith has made you well. More literally, Jesus says to Bartimaeus, go your way. Your faith has saved you. So Bartimaeus makes a request on the spiritual level, in and, and the physical level, and Jesus responds in the spiritual level. Why? Why does Jesus say this? Why does Jesus proclaim Bartimaeus saved and not just healed? Well, it's because more than blind, Bartimaeus was dead. You heard it earlier in our service, Ephesians two one, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. That is true of every human being who has set foot on this earth. This is the condition that is common to the human experience. We're by nature sinners, trespassers, lawbreakers, haters of God, and physical blindness, health, financial hardship, difficult relationships are nothing. Compared to the great trouble that we have, we are sinners and born dead spiritually walking towards eternal condemnation in hell. But remember what Bartimaeus cried out for. He said, son of David, have mercy on me. So in that same passage, Paul goes on to tell us we were dead in our trespasses and our sins, but God. Who is rich in what? Mercy. Because of the great love with which we loved him? No. Because of the great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead. Dead people do not seek after the Lord. You see the picture here is not of someone who is very sick in need of a doctor. The picture here is of someone who is dead in need of a Savior. Someone who is able to bring about life. Not just healing. So with the great love that He has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us. This is passive, right? He made us. We didn't make ourselves. Made us alive together with Christ by grace. You have been saved. Friends, you may not be blind. We may not be deaf. You may not have any physical ailments. Or you may have all of them. Your greatest problem is common to Bartimaeus' greatest problem. You must hear from Jesus. Not just your faith has healed you. But your faith has saved you. Because friends... The physical ailments of this life will last for this life. But in the life to come, there is great hope that our bodies will be made new. But that is only if we experience the saving power of Christ. So, how does the destitute find hope? How does the excluded find hope? How does the sinner find find hope, we find hope in the one who was made destitute in our behalf, in the one who was cut off for us, in the one who made himself, took upon himself sin and became sin for us. The great hope of Bartimaeus is the same great hope that you and I have, is that we can live vicariously through Christ. In our sins that made a separation between us and our God that were condemning us to a life of judgment and condemnation eternally in hell. That that has been paid for by Christ. And as Jesus dies on the cross, he pays for our sins and grants us righteousness. So friends, he can, Jesus can declare, your faith has saved you. So... So do not be spiritually blind. Do not be mistaken that anything good that is in you causes you to be well with God apart from Christ. Come to Him, confess your need for mercy, and receive from Him His forgiveness so that you can hear to the words, Your faith has made you well. Now, remember how our story began? A blind beggar who was habitually sitting. The verb demands, right? This kind of understanding, a habit of sitting on the side of the road, literally on the side of the way. It could be translated that way. Now, in verse 62, 52, we read, And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. This man who habitually sat on the side of the road, found himself following Christ on the road. So the man who had no hope, the man who had no future, the man whose day, the days always considered, consisted of the same vexation, the same monotony, the same futility, the man who depended on others for all things, now has a future, now has purpose, has a path in life, has dignity, is included, is accepted, is forgiven. forgiven. And now he depends on no one but in Christ alone. And this is the picture of discipleship. A disciple of Christ does not love the roadside. He leaves the place of complacency, the place of comfort and says, if Christ must carry his cross, I, too, will carry mine. So what about you? Are you like the rich man who trusted his wealth, power, his stability, and failed to follow Christ? Are you like James and John who came to Christ for selfish reasons and vain glory? Are you like the crowd who is happy to observe but not to engage, who is glad when Jesus provides food, but grumbles when he does not? Who is not willing to dive deep, fully commit to Christ? Or are you like Bartimaeus, who comes to Christ offering nothing, simply a plea for mercy, and in him finds not only mercy, but hope and purpose? Would you pray with me? Father, help us be humble Help us recognize that we're not unlike Bartimaeus in any way. Lord, we have one thing to offer you, and that is our cry for mercy. Lord, we have one thing to offer, and that is our brokenness, and that is our dependence on you. So, Father, teach us the path of discipleship, which is the path of dependence. Teach us, Lord, to not rely on our power and strength, for anything but to fully rely on Christ and what he provides alone. Father, we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand in-